following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pembroke, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Springspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah. We talk games! Full bullshit and energy! Welcome to another episode of uh, We Talk Games Arcade Weekly. My name is Wiggly. I'll be one of your hosts today on the Skype pipe. Kyle Von Kubik is here. Two for Thanksgiving to Thursdays. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Two for Tuesday, Thursdays, Thursdays on a Monday. I got a mouthful of turkey. <laughs> and Kool-Aid. You got some Kool-Aid there to drink? We got uh, Johnny Capcom on the line. I feel like I should clear up my clue from last week as yeah. quick as I can. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you said something about mustache, chil- mustache boy. He's a child with a ravishing Rick Rude style mustache. <laughs> yeah, so stop sending letters. We get it. Yeah, we're not going to have to go to the dark net. It's okay. There's no mustache rides for the priest in this game. No, no. Oh, God. Wouldn't that be the other way around? Uh, hard to say. Let's stop. The the mustache men lick the priest's asshole. Wow. 100% video game, no filler. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> lick a priest's ass. <laughs> what else are you going to do? With it? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've said enough, my friends. In fact, we <laughs> hold our integrity on the show. <laughs> I'm still, still a little sick from last week's pond water. So I really don't need to about licking, talk about licking a priest's Remember ass. when we were work safe? We used to be work safe. I think I we're work safe again. Let's do a work safe show beginning yeah. now. Today we're going to talk, actually talk about two games, as we mentioned, the two for Tuesdays on Thursdays, starting on Monday. But the first game is not going to be about moustaches. This show is stacked, let's face it, because we got two great games and listener questions. Stay and tuned. not only that, but one of our questions comes from uh, RoboDuke. And what we neglected to mention last week was RoboDuke actually brought Johnny Capcom over. If you didn't know, Johnny Capcom came from uh, the continent of Ireland, and he stayed with uh, tons of his American podcasting friends. He ran roughshod over the East Coast. He went to Salem. He went to Easton. (laughs) He went to Philly. He went to New York. He went to the Statue of Liberty. No. Uh, Well, he saw... Oh, you know what? He went to the Statue of Liberty inside of where Chiz and I took him. The Red Robin. The Red, yeah, the that's great, true, actually. Yeah. Red Robin. Yeah, I, I we sucked. 
Chiz and I <laughs> sucked as hosts. The road. I have seen it. Like it's it's the thing I saw in the distance. Right. Yeah. And that's the best way to see it. Yeah, really. I took him to the top of the Empire State Building. All right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. He stood in the glass bubble. No, we were outside. It was uh, fucking cold. Yeah. And windy. Did you put the quarter in the binoculars? No, we threw quarters from the top <laughs> to see if we could kill anybody. <laughs> the sidewalk hey, below. Ralph. <laughs> yeah, Ralph. And that's a great thing he was with Ralph. I mean, he was uh, he got to see a lot of people from our programs and from uh, other programs they do like the the sidecast and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. But Robo Duke brought him over, and we ended up playing a great video game in Sloppy Joe's, a game for the CDI. Oh gosh, the Joker's wild! Now, of course, both of these kids don't know what the Joker's wild is. You Wink know. Martindale's on that. Wink Martindale, yes, yeah. he's your host, and it's probably one of the funnest games for the CDI. The problem, you know, damning with fame praise if I ever heard it. One of the funnest games for the CDI. <laughs> Well, it is. He in the beginning, Wink picks the categories that you'll be doing. Of course, we got sports by 1987. I'm sure John just dominated that topic. You know what? He we actually did pretty good on sports. I think we only oh, got good, like two right. wrong, and uh, no one got the triple Joker, which was sad. I don't know if you know what this is, but you pull a you pull a lever, and there's three card areas, I guess, that spin around, and, and then categories come up, and you answer questions. So we got that. We, of course, got potluck, geography, the Bible, which I was delighted to see, and um, clue, which it would give you very simple clues, like three clues about somebody or something and then you colonel mustard in the library with a candlestick that's what you would think but it's not and you get multiple choice of four questions the funniest part about this game is we use the controller for the cdi not the remote control controller with the thumbstick and the four buttons that you don't know what relates to what and there's no games that use four buttons so we use the actual control pad and uh I think it must have rotted a little bit, but the the whole <laughs> answering the questions wasn't the main challenge. It was trying to get up to A by pushing up on this control pad in <laughs> within the 20 second time limit. And Keith Roboduke constantly got things wrong because he could not press up to A within 20 seconds. And yet we were crushing him until the final round of this, where you sort of just stick with one category. The person in the league gets to pick their category. And then uh, he crushed us and he came back really? and won. Yeah. So that was really fun because I got to tell you, I love that game. I love Twisted and all the other game show style games that came out for the different consoles over the years. Like, um, what was it when it came out for PS3 where you have controller buttons? Buzz. Yeah, Buzz. So I like, you know, I like that, except it got annoying and repetitive. But Twisted, I love. Twisted 2, not so much. Remote Control for the NES. Uh, Hollywood Squares for the NES. And then all these shitty ones that come out for the, like, shovelware games. Mm. What was the um, one you used to go on about in the Mac? Was it, uh... Oh, You Don't Know Jack. Oh, yeah. Wow, well, that's fantastic. I love You Don't Know Jack. I, it's lost its charm on, I think, on, the, like, the PlayStation and stuff. I don't know why. I, I still think they were the best on the older systems. And the ones for the... I like the one for the iPad, but it's, a, it's really a single-player game. Well, having your friends crowd around one keyboard... It's a lot of fun with the original. It, it, you don't know it, Jack. It is really fun because they have to sit on your lap and uh, you, know, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Back to the priest talk again. I yeah, see. yeah, we're there. But the first game is by one of the leading game companies that we love to talk about. 
What? Uh, Nihon Busan Company Limited. Nichibutsu. Mm. Why does a Nichibutsu have its own channel in the Xbox Arcade or in the <laughs> <laughs> I What games did they do again? <laughs> Any game that's like another game. Yeah. <laughs> Blatantly ripped off. Yeah. And Frisky Tom. And Frisky Tom. They do Excelsior. A lot of sexy games. No, they didn't do Excelsior. <laughs> they might as well have. Uh, yeah. They probably helped out on that. <laughs> they, they consulted. I don't care. I find something charming about the Nichibutsu games. The game is White Bean 1982 by Nichibutsu. Mm-hmm. It's a vertical game. And even though Stinky, uh, this was one of Stinky picks, I still feel that White Bean is important. wiping is very important your character is a canister vacuum cleaner with a wiping squeezy instead of a vacuum hose on its nose and it's an animated squeegee and if you Um, look at the flyer for the game there's a girl riding on top of it (laughs) and not i said girl not a woman right a girl is riding on top of the vacuum But Are that's not represented here. Gamergate? Is that what we were doing here? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, oh that's right. I, you know, this is a strong a, female lead. I got to tell you, I, I don't know anything about that with Bayonetta 2. I just saying, what a fucking ridiculous the, thing. From now on, whenever you turn on a video game system, you start to hit women. What about uh, Super Big Brother and those muscle guys with fucking giant bullet holes in their head and their bulging banana hammocks? I mean, there's plenty of sexy, weird shit that goes on, especially with a Japanese gaming company. Hey, okay. ladies, take it easy. Let the men decide. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, and, you know, that's another thing, wiping. Why isn't this canister vacuum cleaner, instead of being ridden by a lady, why isn't it being pushed by a lady? That's what I want to know. Well, they should be doing the wiping. I love to wipe my house with my vacuum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Actually, a friend of mine um, oh. asked when he saw me playing this game the other day. Uh-huh. And he just wrote, said, and I quote, so that stupid fucking shit supposed to be a video game. <laughs> <laughs> it is barely a game. Going back to the making mechanics, it's obviously a Dig Dug mechanic, a 1982 Dig Dug mechanic. Down to the music only playing while your character's moving, and I know Kyle loves the music to this game. Oh, it's fucking horrible. And especially that tune in the beginning. Can we play that tune, like, right now? Mike Fritz in the booth. Yo. Mike, can you play that song? There you go. What is that Awful. now? What now Awful. is? What, what happened to Queef Little Roche? Uh, I don't say it uh, anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As always, Mike Fritz in the booth. <laughs> Can't wait till he reaches out. <laughs> and he will. <laughs> uh, I think you have more making mechanics. What are some other games that you think fall into line here? Crush Roller, aka Make Tracks, 1981. It's a game where you're a paintbrush and you're going around, you know, painting stuff. Yeah. And there's little globbles of paint that try to stop you. More specifically, there's these squeegees that you run past (laughs) and you'll activate them and the squeegees will come and hit those globs of paint. In this game, wiping, they took that mechanic and in lieu of a wiper or as a rock in Dig Dug, you hit a rug and the rug will roll up. Here's what I like about that, though. The wiper and the rock have like a very defined path. When you dig and dig, dug, you make the tunnel, the rock falls. It only stops where the tunnel ends. Uh-huh. 
crush roller, make tracks, when you hit the wiper, it has a set distance where it goes and you see it. The rug actually goes past <laughs> where it is, which I don't know if it was just bad programming, but it's good strategy for you because it gives you a, like the guy doesn't have to be on the rug to get hit by it. He just needs to be relatively close to it. And the rug will roll past its point of placement and hit him too for extra points. And the enemies in this game, we talked about it off the line. It looks like they ripped off Dig Dug as quickly as possible. Yeah, they both came out in 1982. So <laughs> Nichi Butsu probably saw it. And then the next day they had wiping complete. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, well, your villains are uh, bad on Bill Bola, my and, favorite, and big. I'm making I'm making t-shirts just to him. Big amoeba, I think. And then you also get bonus cleaned and other points. The and is one of the points actually. You have bonus cleaner points, and then you have and points. <laughs> really didn't take time on that. Now, the whole stage is covered by suds, and the stage has absolutely no aesthetic structure no. whatsoever. It's just a solid color of suds. I guess that you squeegee away to reveal the floor. I didn't even know those were suds. <laughs> well, it just looks like they color. They weren't even bothered putting a pornographic image behind the <laughs> That's what they, they weren't even decent enough to put a pornographic <laughs> image behind it. If you're not going to try with your video game, you better include some porn. <laughs> right. It wouldn't have taken long to put, you know, semi-naked drawing underneath these block suds instead of the tile parquet floor. Or dudes. <laughs> or dudes okay. with their hairy ball sacks sticking out their Icarus. <laughs> um, nice big picture of a taint. <laughs> That's what this game needed. More taint. It did. Yeah. Wiping. <laughs> Very obvious. Should have put those two together. It should have been all butts underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Animal butts. <laughs> Screwing each other. <laughs> oh, my. It got real complicated when we saw the duck butt. That was real. That was the hardest level. They would have been way ahead of WarioWare. <laughs> with the little spray spray thing yeah, oh like that's right guys. so you mentioned rugs there are rugs placed around the screen haphazard uh, they only go vertical or horizontal and that's the only ways you can move in this game I think the, the enemies might be able to move vertically though I, I can't really recall no I think they only move up and down but they could go anywhere because there's no paths there's no uh, levels of dirt there's no uh, straight thing you're trying to remove paint in this one it's sort of like the reverse paint and you're trying to remove the suds from the floor and these rugs are yellow with red trim that's it solid block colors this game was i <laughs> this swear <laughs> this game sucks so bad graphically i thought they were just like <laughs> obstructions so i stayed away yeah. from them yeah I, thought I couldn't get past them so i was just like going around them you can't kill your enemies. You don't have a pump gun, but you do have a squirter gun that comes out of your front squeegee, and that stuns your enemies. You have to keep hammering on it. And then if you run into your enemies while you're squirting them, you'll eventually squeegee them up. Now, the weird thing is that you look like a canister vacuum, but when you get hit by your enemies and killed by your enemies, they actually sort of do a sucking up animation of you. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. There's also little hide items hidden beneath the suds. Uh, you get a glimpse of these before each level when it's uh, warming up. My favorite item being, of course, the pipe. And yes. uh, you just get points for these items. 
Also, like Dig Dug, the last enemy left on the screen will attempt to escape. He'll turn a different color and there'll be special music. And it will escape by running under the nearest rug. So that's kind of, I guess, a necessity because they don't have an exit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but something creeps me out about these weird bug looking blobs and diseases running underneath the rug. So um, I don't mind this game in the spirit of it being a classic arcade game mechanic. There's a charm about it. It's ugly as fuck, but there's a a charm about the graphics being ugly. Would you think the cleaning mechanic would lead into games like Cooler World and like Intelligent Cube on the PlayStation? Intelligent Cube? What one? Also called Karushi. Oh, that didn't help at all. Can you explain them a little bit to us? It was called Intelligent Cube in America, but it was called Karushi. I'm probably butchering that in Japan and Europe. The thing about that game is like you're this guy and you're on like a platform, like a suspended platform of blocks, and you've got to like change the qualities of certain different blocks like you would like with the by wiping while on one because there's an advancing wall coming towards you. And you can make the blocks disappear by transferring the colors. And Cool World, you were a beach ball. And you moved around changing all these blocks, again, on suspended platforms. Right on. Uh, This came out for the 3DO, I think. I think I know what you're talking about. Intelligent Cube for the 3DO. In fact, Intelligent Cube for the 3DO, I knew it sounded familiar. It was so in demand um, years after the 3DO was gone that people were paying like $80 for the demo (laughs) disc. The demo disc that a few levels of Intelligent Cube was on. That was a, a neat title. I don't think this game would have set the way for that, but it definitely <laughs> <laughs> maybe the next one did. Or, or no, even, but the mechanic. Uh, sure, this is I'll definitely one of those type of titles. I think this game is interesting in the fact that you have to wipe the entire screen. I mean, that's a lot. And yeah. one of the very satisfying things about this game is you can actually score an insanely high combo attack. If you roll up multiple enemies with the rug, if you have a whole shitload of enemies in back of you, like normally you'll kill an enemy, it'll be 500, but you could get like 6,000 points if you do it rightly. And and if you wipe the last enemy, I think that's like 3,000. So that's kind of satisfying. I don't think it's not worth giving a try, you know, even if you only do it for three minutes, uh, Mm. just because... It is a shitty game, but I think that it's playable. I think that it doesn't suck as bad as it looks like it should suck. I get it, because he's a vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. I think that it's a very simplistic game. Give it a shot, and if you don't like the first level, then stop playing, because nothing else changes in this game. And. For some people, it's it's going to be a satisfying experience, and others it's not. And everything you need to know is in that first level. Mm-hmm. The only thing the game does later on is add more and more of these microbes bouncing around. I love the idea of the president of Nichibutsu going, Can you make me one level? And the guy's like, yeah. And I go, well, get another mortgage because we're going to the pay with <laughs> And development, they're like, what do kids love the most? Uh, lawn mowing, but but that'll be too difficult. Uh, let's just make it vacuuming inside a house with a squeegee. With My a squeegee. God, <laughs> does anyone know how to spell vacuum? Room. No, we'll just call it wiping. That's fine. They'll get the idea. I love the Jeff. And, you know, it's called Rugrats when it was released uh, overseas. A little better, yeah, but. 
if they were rats instead of like, you know, Dr. Mario villains going back to that game. They kind of look like those villains. They do. But wiping is just when I saw wiping, I knew I had to review this no matter what the game turned out to be. It's just a good idea. It's just a great idea to call your game wiping. <laughs> it works on no levels. <laughs> um, Mustache Boy, 1987 by Seibu Kaihatsu, I'm going to go with. My clue was, of course, wonderful logical fallacy. I don't grow a mustache because Hitler had a mustache. And if I grow a mustache, I'll be like Hitler. And I don't want to be Hitler. It's a good logic puzzle right there. I like any video game where the guy from Brawny Paper Towels is a spaceman. (laughs) Imagine David Hodo from The Village People as a ginger. He was the construction worker. I love you to death. This is another vertical game. I love the vertical games. But this one scrolls. You have long no. scrolling levels. Wait, wait, I meant to ask you this, yes. right? Does the jumping in this remind you of Bill Lambier's combat basketball? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's one I didn't put in the making mechanics. That would have been a great one to put that year of Bill Lambier's combat basketball, one of the greatest Genesis titles ever made, and one of the greatest names in basketball. <laughs> Uh, ever. Bill Lambier, of course. Great basketball player. (laughs) I think he was one of the answers in The Joker's Wild. I'm not sure. Now, this vertical game is a super slim vertical game because you have this giant scoring computer on your left-hand side. And and Mustache Boy is actually like a robot man until he wins and then his face appears from behind this robot mask. He gives you the peace sign and, of course, you see his bitchin' mustache from the 1970s. He is a porn star. Steve Perry mustache. Definitely. And you know, Steve Perry was going to be one of my uh, hints, actually, but then I decided to go with the other. Hitler. It's either Hitler or Steve Perry, let's face it. Same thing. (laughs) Because because, uh, your Christmas was ruined by getting Journey for the Atari 2600. Do you equate Steve Perry to Hitler? Yeah, that's good. I, I haven't until now, but it, it works. <laughs> Speaking of basketball, remember when Magic? Jo- uh, remember when, uh, when Magic Michael Johnson got all those AIDS? <laughs> remember when Michael Jordan had that fucking Hitler mustache, and then it, yes, it continued I do to. This. It was a super Hitler mustache because it continued into his lip. T was shaped exactly like a lower Hitler mustache and a lower lip. What? the fuck and they let the fruit of the loom guys uh underwear people still used him as their spokesperson with the hitler mustache plus i'm not touching <laughs> too much hitler mustache okay let's get on with this that was his revenge for space jam I- <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you what the space jam a ton of money with that space jam game was great Really fun game for the playstation at its time uh, you can probably still buy it on the website <laughs> Yeah. On spacejam.com. www.warnerbros.whatever. Yeah. If you've never seen the Space Jam website, you really need to. <laughs> Quick story about Space Jam, because we're, we're going over again. There's no doubt about it. Space Jam was the first movie I saw in the surround sound. I saw Towering Inferno and Earthquake that had... Sense around. Sense around, that's right. But when they first opened these theaters with the new experience, the like stadium uh, seating and the new 5.1 surround sound, I had my choice of movies and I took my wife at the time to see, at the time, Space Jam ruined it. Now, I we decided on Space Jam because <laughs> we thought, what's going to give us the most music 
because we knew they try to be hip. You know, Warner Brothers. Oh God, all. you weren't <laughs> hoping to hear R. Kelly and Three Point One or whatever, were you? Uh, yeah, that's what I was really hoping on. But I thought that would have the best music and sound effects and everything else, and that's why we uh, decided to see that, and it didn't disappoint. Although the movie wasn't <laughs> good at all. But I'll tell you what's worse. Try to put yourself through uh, They Return, um, which stars Jenna Elfman and America's nope, Sweetheart. Nope, stop right there. I'm out. <laughs> and America's Sweetheart. Jenna Elfman. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Darman. Was the TV show she was in? Darman Craig. Was it? Yeah, the Oz. That's right. She was the president's wife in something, and she was also in uh, Scientology. She would probably defend Mustache Boy than oh, some weird allegiance to L. Ron Hubbard, probably, because he liked boys, didn't he? No, he liked young girls, actually. It, that was his proclivity, was it? He liked young girls. They were they would always be the highest ranking people in the Sea Org, and they would be designated to go out and tell other people what to do. And they were always young females, of course, in sailor suits. 100% video game talk, no filler. Interesting feature on this. So this is a top-down, and we'll talk about the making mechanics shortly. But you have a jump, and you have a double jump mm-hmm. feature, which is very interesting on a top-down type of game like this. And you will double jump over enemies. You'll double jump over breaks in the maze and to catch your point item balloons. There's balloons in here that float by. Here's the making mechanics that I got. Rally X 1980, mm-hmm. Crush Roller 1981, mm-hmm. Bomberman 1983, and then Mustache Boy 1987. You also had Booby Kids in 1987 for the Famicom, and that was by Nichibutsu. Yep. And you had Crater Maze 1990 for the Turbo Graphics by Hudson, which was basically Booby Kids. No Qbert, huh? I didn't put Qbert in here. I just um, got for the light up of the blocks, is really. Light up of the know. blocks and the jumping. Definitely had Qbert feel to it. The but jumping I, I, specifically reminded me of Amidar. And, and Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. Yeah, and uh, Van Van Carr. Okay. Now, in Van Van Carr, right, you, right. you jump over your enemies and hit balloons. And in Amidar, which, uh, talk about super racist games, but 1981 Konami, mm. you make the enemies jump. So you hit the button, and they all jump, and you pass underneath them. Oh. This game specifically hit those two notes the closest for me. Okay. Because of the jumping mechanic and the collecting, because it's one of these maze games in quotations where you're running around dodging enemies and and picking up items or in this case completing a set metric of floor tiles that you have to hit and light up right well on rally x you actually go around just collecting uh flags and gas and stuff like this This yeah but that one enemy reminded me of rally x a lot the one that would rev up and come toward you'd aggro him i guess yeah yeah and shoot towards you that definitely hit a rally x note for me a lot of another game actually that the, the the mechanic would go through Okay. Lights out on the Gamecom. There you go. There you go. Now you're talking. Did I get my game? You got my Gamecom working, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I put 19 batteries in it. (laughs) (laughs) And what did you play? Dynamite Duke? Duke Nukem? What did you play? I think I played Lights Out. (laughs) That was it. Saibu Kaihatsu, speaking of Duke, Dynamite Duke they made as well, which has nothing to do with this game, but I like that game. With the hole in the chest. He had a hole in his chest. It was like your cabal type of game, but you could actually see your villains because he had a giant hole <laughs> through his torso. It's kind of like that new Robocop. He's got a hole. He's in his- just got a hand. Like he's a hand and a head. 
Interesting, yeah. interesting. I did not know that. This game scrolls uh, very far up and down. Tons of levels. 60 levels, I think. 60 stages. You do have to hit every single block on the maze-ish stage while dodging enemies by double jumping over them. Or there are bombs that will be placed in these uh, central square areas. And you try to lure them towards the bomb and the bomb will blow up just a small area blocks around them. It's pretty hard to get them to fall you into bombs because they're pretty smart. They'll go to the outside rim, but you can do it. And they have different behaviors too. Oh yeah, every enemy has different behaviors. The first level, super simple, but shit goes south quick. Yeah. First stage goes down easy like a half a pie from Giant, but when the second (laughs) stage comes on and for the next 50 some levels, it just hammers you with enemies. I mean, almost too much. But it's still playable. It controls well. By the way, you're floating in space. These mazes are blocked on the sides by unbreakable blocks. So you can't jump over those blocks. There's some enemies that will change your colors back. Unlike Cubert, you don't have to double color anything. But then there are some levels that happen pretty quickly where you don't have those safety braces on the side. So you have to stay on the path or else you'll fall off there into space. And those are the gaps you can jump over. So that's kind of neat. Just jump way ahead. The last few levels, you don't even fight any villains. It's all about jumps. It's all about jumps and double jumps. And there's some arrows on the screen, much like Bomberman, that are conveyor belt types of things that will push you in certain directions that you have to run on. Marble Madness was a game that I kind of reminded Mm. of when playing this. That makes sense. But it wasn't as depressing. (laughs) game is very depressing. (laughs) Why do you feel so bad about a, a marble breaking in half? It's just like there's no people and it's, oh, ugh, I know, it's it's so desolate. It's all alone in the middle. It's just this black space. Yeah. Yeah. But also you feel bad about the ball breaking because it breaks so slowly. And it like yeah. it like lets out its soul, I think. Yeah, and then the dustpan comes out and you're, you know <laughs> he's just right. going in the trash he's bin. Garbage. You're garbage ball. There's also these little power-ups, which I really enjoyed. They're little squares that will either say kill yeah stop or freeze something like that stop and and it, it, they'll switch and i love one power up switch between two different things or three different things or five different things, whatever so uh, kill is probably one of the most useful because it kills all the enemies on the screen and of course freeze freezes them for a very short amount of time yeah but jumping up to get the balloons i think is a nice little feature of it and just the double jump really shocked me in this game once again this game i wanted to play simply for the name because who doesn't want to play Mustache Boy. It's got to be like they had the game pretty much developed and they're like, what, what do we have this character as? And it was like, let's just cash in on this whole Super Mario thing. Kids love mustaches because there is nothing else in this game aside from seeing him in the beginning and him giving you the peace sign right. at the end. Of it, it makes no sense why he's, he's a, called Mustache com- Boy other than he's a boy with a mustache. Com- he's a complete robot face robot until uh, until he wins or gets killed and then he's a mustache guy i remember reading about this in retro gamer years ago it's a friend of mine over and i just showed her a picture of mustache boy and she laughed she's like why wasn't this bigger and the answer i had for her was because it wasn't a platformer if he had been a star of a platformer i think he would have been a bigger deal this game, to me, I know my clue is that you know both games were, but this game hit the most note for me as being an early DOS game. 
And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It uh-huh. just because of that UI on the side and what you were doing, it really uh-huh. was reminiscent to me of playing some of those early DOS or Amiga games that had a similar vein about them. I like this game a, a little more than Wiping because it, it, as the stages progressed, sure. it got more challenging. This goes back to the whole challenge and reward. And those later stages, as you described, very difficult. It's all about just mastering the navigation of the character and the controls feel real tight he locks into that grid he doesn't feel floaty i mean he feels floaty when he jumps which i think just plays into the overall environment of the game but i felt like i was in control of the character i was enjoying the game it's very difficult but i think for people who like the games we described like bomberman and Qbert, and i don't know how many fans of van van car there are but i think you'll derive a lot of enjoyment out of this game Well, congratulations. You have conquered Mustache Boy. We are very glad to meet a great gamer as you. Yeah, I love this at the end. Please expect a next game. No, we won't expect it. So long! Exclamation point. Uh, That's nice, though. That's a a nice sentiment instead of a real ending. (laughs) As a child, especially, you'd be like playing these games going, I bet there's a meaning to all this, like back in those old days. And we beat Mario 3. And Peach goes, sorry, but our princess is in another castle. (laughs) Only kidding. Thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you think everyone would get mustaches, maybe? I don't know. All the enemies dance around with mustaches. Mustaches came back a few years ago. Why didn't this game have a resurgence? Yeah, if anything, this should be in Barcade Williamsburg, hipster capital of the world. (laughs) Okay, and now here's T.T. Schmootkins with next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am T.T. Schmootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. All right, what's your clue for uh, next week's game? Oh, wait, next week we're going to start a big, big thing. Holiday Haymakers. Ho, ho, ho. Punch you in the face. (laughs) That's right, Santa with a black eye. Santa conquers the Martians. And then there was also Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night. The one with Goldberg. um, That's right. That's right. And I think there was another one. Uh, That might have been a porno, though. All right, uh, bag of goodies. Sound of muscles. Satan claws. <laughs> Why doesn't a cat go on a beach in uh, Christmas because of Sandy claws? I don't think that's a joke. What's your hint for next week's game? You can do a lot with two buttons and a joystick. Hmm. And my clue is, I couldn't get this game to work in him. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! My clue's gonna be. Poor fat old Elvis hits the splits. There you go. All right. Okay, well, we'll talk to you next week on another episode of We Talk Games. Uh, we went over. Bye. Play Yoda story. Play the Yoda Tamagotchi. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Kool-Aid, got some Kool-Aid there to drink. Mouthful turkey. Mouthful turkey.
mustache ride. Are you on? Are you on? I do. 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 I do.